this is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is Pastor Curtis King. Hey, good morning, Pastor Richard. Good, good to see you, buddy. Good morning. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. You are no longer in Vermont. I am not. <laughs> After uh, a month of being there, no. <laughs> After a handful <laughs> of days of being there, uh, I am back in my place, back at uh, White Oak Baptist Church. Rested and uh, fired up, right? Fired up. I, I got to oh. tell you, when you all are watching this episode, I am going to be in an airplane on my way to Peru to see my family after about a month of being away from them. So, yeah, happy days. Well, I, am, I am so excited for you. By the way, your volume just dropped just a little bit. I don't know if there's anything you can do to bump yourself there, but uh, I do want to say to your sweet wife that um, uh, I, I apologize to all of our Peruvian listeners or viewers and uh i have been practicing saying machu picchu very Did good I say it right yeah you got it right yep. okay because uh, she said that the entire nation of peru was offended that i did not know how to pronounce machu picchu all so all 120 million or however many of them there are now i'm going to be in trouble with my wife for not knowing the population you don't know how many um, but every single Peruvian watches this program with English translation, and they were all offended. Well, uh, my apologies to the nation of Peru, to your president, to your entire political cabinet, to, um, to all, especially all the religious leaders that are there and everyone involved. My apologies, but uh, I have been practicing, and I, I, th I think I have it now, so... <laughs> Great job, Machu Picchu, and I will be there. And uh, uh, well, from the time this is being viewed, I will be there about a week later. So yeah. I'm looking forward to going to visit. Yeah, I bet you are. I bet you are. And it's not looking like we're going to be able to do a recording from Machu Picchu. Well, I I'm, don't think I'm going to take all of my equipment, and if if okay. we can, we will. But I don't want to have anyone put their hopes up. It it's it's unlikely. So. Well, you know, one, maybe the next time you go to Peru, maybe we will have become advanced enough in this that we can do what we had talked about. I could go down to the falls and, and um, you know, you could do that. So when we have know. millions of viewers and a, and a, and a, a total cast that works for us, um, we'll be able to do whatever we want. We can, we can have advertisements on here. I mean, you know, uh, we can, uh, we can let Shaquille O'Neal come on and sell Papa John's pizza on, you know, as commercials and man, we could, we could really make a fortune and buy the equipment that we need to do things like that, have the staff and all. I just found out yesterday that, um, I think I'm right about this. At least I saw it on Facebook. So it's gotta be true, right? That cave of the winds uh, here, uh, is open year round. And, wow. um, uh, I thought, I, th I thought they closed when, um, um, uh, made of the mist closes. That's what I thought. And, uh, and it's still, that still could be the case, but I thought, my goodness, uh, wouldn't it be cool to go down to cave of the winds and, uh, be literally at the bottom of Niagara falls with the water uh, dumping just a few feet away and um and i could record from down there and you could record record from machu picchu and uh, <laughs> that'd be cool do you think we'd be able to hear you with all the water crashing just a few feet away i would have it? to scream really loud because <laughs> it is loud down there you know they they take all that decking out every year and so i would assume that you can't get as close um 
in the fall as you as you can in the summertime because uh, they I mean they take all of it out and uh, the boards that are not uh, too damaged they they'll reuse some of them but most of um, uh, what is up near the water they uh, it is brand new boards every year so when I was there visiting you uh, a handful of months ago I looked down at that decking and mm-hmm. I thought to myself the poor souls that have to install that <laughs> they're getting dumped on I mean, it'd be like standing in a torrential downpour, installing a deck for hours yeah. and hours on end. So I haven't seen them do it, and but I really want to. If I get wind of them doing it, I want to go down there and watch. But um, uh, but uh, really, the, the the majority of it is not under the water, okay? But no matter where you are down there, you're going to get wet. You're getting wet, so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure yeah. they wear rubber suits and all that kind of stuff, so. They probably do, yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. how you you drop these references in while you're speaking that fit the Niagara Falls area. And yeah. You talk about going down there in the fall, and you talk about getting wind of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the plan, but. <laughs> uh, you're very, perspe- per- wait, what's the word I'm looking for? Perceptive. Yeah, you are very perceptive. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm just wow. saying the quiet parts out loud because I know our audience is probably thinking the same thing. So, Yo. um, yeah. Uh, and by the way, hey, I'm really excited. Our audience has grown some. I've gotten some really good uh, comments from some old friends and, and a lot of people who have been watching. I got one comment uh, this morning. Um from a dear friend of both of ours, uh, Rose Jenkins. Okay. And uh, she, uh, she watched last week's episode and she said, she said, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> and she said, I'm so excited to, to watch and to see you two together again. She said, I'm going to go back and watch all the previous ones. So, all right. I thought that is Fantastic. really, really cool. And um, uh, gotten a lot of other great feedback this week. The one bit of feedback I'm not real happy about is, um, you beat me last week in the joke of the week, four to nothing, okay. which only having four people vote is probably not, you know, we, we need more people to vote on the joke of the week. We really do. But the fact that I got zero is, I did have one person say that mine was really cute, but yours was fine. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm a 55 year old man. I'm not sure cute's really what I'm aiming at, but whatever. Well, it was about a bunny, so you know that is a cute joke when you're you're making a joke about a fit bunny. So you you have a you have a good point there. You have a good point. So (laughs) goodness gracious, I I think people are afraid of hurting our feelings by voting. Yes, and listen, we're not we're our feelings are not going to be hurt. Mine, mine are hurt. But yeah, it, our, it, it, our feelings are not going to be hurt. Vote below and it's all good. So it, no, honestly, listen, the, I can't think of anybody outside of my wife and kids and grandkids. I love more than Richard Lejeune. And so if you vote, if you think his jokes are funnier than mine, I, I, I feel personally complimented by that. Okay. So uh, anybody who's a friend of Richard's is a friend of mine. Uh, it's not going to hurt either of our feelings, but we we really want your feedback. We really do. And honestly, if you ever think that it's a tie, you can, you're allowed to say that. Or if you think they both stink, you're allowed to say that. So um, if you want to say 75% Pastor Richard, 25% Pastor King, okay, that's fine too. <laughs> so who who went first last week? Do you remember? 
Uh, I don't. You want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Now, um, I have to I have to preface this one, okay? Um, so um, for the month of November in our church, um, we are we are having a challenge. Uh, we're calling it No Murmur November, okay? So the challenge is for the folks in our church to. Now I'm not asking people to make God a promise because I I think that would be inappropriate. Solomon talked about that vowing a vow. Um, but we're giving a challenge for folks to do their best to strive to complain about absolutely nothing for the entire month of November. Okay. So I got this wonderful church member. His name is Warren Forsyth. Okay. And he is probably watching this and he has been sending me these complaining jokes all through the month of October. Uh, so he can get all of his complaining out before November gets here. Okay. And uh, so here's, um, this is complaining joke number three, credits to Warren Forsyth, okay? Why did the duck complain after his facelift? Because the bill was too high. <laughs> oh, 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 ouch. I gotta, I gotta say, if it, Richard, if you can top that one, you are a good man. In fact, you may ought to quit preaching and go into the comedian business if you can top that one. So, <laughs> uh, well, I've got two jokes in front of me, and I was trying to pick one according to your joke. Uh, I think I'm just going to throw out the worst of the two and and, uh, and and call it call it a day. So maybe maybe vote this Pastor one, King, vote Pastor King. Maybe this one will resonate with some people. So I'll save my good joke, my better joke, for the next episode. All right, here's. <laughs> You're usually the one-liner guy. I've got a one-liner joke this time. Okay. What did pirates call Noah's boat? They called what it the pirates? Ark. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mine's better, but I like it a lot. I do. <laughs> oh, my. Well, everybody vote in the comment section. We want to know. We want to know. Now, you have won. You have won two in a row now. Is that correct? Did I win the okay, I don't know. So Well, I know you won last uh, well, okay. Last week I think you won the week before. I, I'm having a hard time keeping track. I I think we're tied two and two. Okay. I think because you you pretty much smoked me last week. Uh, I mean you 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 hit me pretty hard. So yeah. Hey, I've got eleven minutes after. We, we gotta better get too going carried away. Yeah, yeah, we better get into the religious stuff here. So, uh, won't you? Won't you get us started and kind of uh, tell everybody where we've been? And yep. So we're talking about the importance of Holy Spirit living. Uh, we've talked about how that if you're going to have a heart that is healed uh, from hurts and struggles, you have to have the doctor or the Holy Spirit. Uh, telling you what to do, leading you into all truth. And so Pastor King used the analogy last week of a, um, uh, having a doctor live at home with you and, and how much advantage that would put you at if you had a doctor living at home with you. And if you had a cough or something, the doctor, you know, your, your doctor, your wife or your husband or, or whoever would be able to help you know exactly what that was and how to diagnose it. And that's what we have with the Holy Spirit. If we yield to him and we learn to listen to him, then we have a spiritual doctor that's able to give us the medicine we need to help us through life's problems. So we looked at verses 16 and 17. Uh, we talked about walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We talked about how those two are diametrically opposed to each other. You can't do both at the same time. 
you're either pleasing the spirit or you're pleasing the flesh. Uh, those two are, uh, verse 17 says, they lusteth or they war against each other. They're contrary to each other. And we talked about Romans 7 versus Romans 8. Uh, Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I, I uh, don't want to do, I end up doing. And if Paul struggles with it, then it's something that we need to understand. It's going to be a struggle we deal with too. And so we, we need to overcome that. And so that leads us into where we are now in the Bible study of learning how to walk away from flesh-driven living, impulse-driven living, uh, and learning to walk by the Spirit. And so in today's episode, we hope to help you understand sort of the, cl the, the cliff that you fall off of when you walk by the flesh. And uh, later on, we'll get into the benefits of walking in the Spirit. So uh, let's jump into it here. Do we leave off with verse 18? I think that's where we're at. Yes, that is where we left off. Yes. <clears throat> yep. You want me to take it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, um, Richard, I wanted to, I wanted to start uh, saying this to you, uh, by the way, if everybody, he and I, we chat, oh, good night, probably 15 or 20 minutes via uh, video here. Um, before we do these episodes just to yeah hey buddy how you doing you know how the kids that kind of thing and uh, I really wanted to get into this with you before and I thought okay I gotta keep the brakes on I gotta keep the brakes on because I don't want to um, get the the episode started and I've already said to you everything that I've already said but you know we did um, we were at verse 18 last time but if you uh, be led by the spirit you're not under the law and that line there you are not under the law uh, it, it, it got my wheels turning in my brain because so much of the book of Galatians has to do about not being under the law. And I do think that there is a lot of confusion among Christians about that line. You're not under the law. Uh, I think some Christians have the idea that means that we can just disregard the old Testament. That is not what that means. Okay. God wrote that old Testament. Uh, so we have to reverence it. Okay. It is the word of God. Um, but Galatians, there was a misunderstanding in that church, and that's uh, part of the reason that Paul wrote this book was to help them to understand about not being under the law. And um, so thinking about that one line, um, between last ep the last episode and today, I decided to just um, put my cell phone in my shirt pocket and listen to Galatians 5 on YouTube a, a little bit. And um, because, you know, this passage we're dealing with I think the logic that you and I are using, Pastor Lejeune, is that there is a list of the works of the flesh, verse 19 and following, and then there's a list of the fruits of the Spirit, verse 22 and 23. And that's kind of the comparison, okay? But my thought was, maybe I, I want to go back and look a little bit before, all right, in the rest of the chapter. I think we could probably go to the rest of the book, but just in the rest of the chapter, let me just take a minute here and throw out some things that I saw sure. earlier in the chapter that yeah. I think build up to it probably would have been best if, if I'd have brought these out last week, but, but here they are. Um, verse one of chapter five, it says, stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Um, this chapter starts off by saying, you folks are free. You are free. <laughs> okay. You need to stand in that freedom. You need to stand in it. Um, uh, standing has the idea of claiming standing has the idea of planting your flag down there. Standing has the idea of, of this, it belongs to you. Okay. So 
I really believe that, that too many Christians act like they are in bondage to something, okay? Whether they are in bondage to a sin or whether they are in bondage to um, a, a legalistic form of religion that's got kind of got them handcuffed and they do, they're doing what they're doing because the preacher's going to get mad at them if they don't. Um, maybe uh, they're, they're in bondage to bitterness, like we talked about a few weeks. Maybe they're in bondage uh, to um, anger toward somebody who, who mistreated them. Um, you know, maybe they're in bondage to a wound. They went through an ugly, horrible divorce, or they went through some horrible situation, some horrible abuse. And this chapter starts off saying, stand in your freedom, stand in your freedom. You are free from those sins. You don't have to keep going back to them all the time. You're free from those abuses. You don't have to keep wallowing in the, the pain of it all, all the time. You can, you can climb your way out of that, but that's where that, where that chapter started. Um, the, the next thing I highlighted is in verse seven, where it says, um, ye did run well, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth. I think it's interesting. It uses the word who, who did hinder you. Um, I looked up the word who, uh, just to make sure I had it right. Sometimes the word who is translated what, uh, sometimes it's translated who, um, uh, but uh, uh, and there are a few other ways it's translated, but either what or who, I think a lot of times what hinders us is a who, right? There is a who in your life that is holding you back. And it, maybe it is, you know, an ex-wife or an ex-husband, or maybe it is a child who who has gone wayward and has said all kinds of horrible things about you. Maybe it's just somebody who just doesn't like you and they're constantly berating you. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's an employee. Maybe, maybe it's a neighbor who's always upset that you blow your grass in their yard, you know, and you can't help it, whatever. But there's, there's always somebody or something that, that is going to be there to hinder us. Point I want to make by that is you all, we all have excuses to not be this free Christian that we want to be. We all have excuses. We all have to be free of our excuses. As, as long as we're putting the handcuffs on ourselves, we got to, we have to quit complaining about being in bondage. That's so right. that's the next one. Uh, the, the other one, verse nine, this is really good. Verse nine, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Uh, you could use that verse for a whole lot of things, but you know, as long as you leave that little tiny root of bitterness inside of you, you're always going to be bitter. Okay. We know what leaven is, you know, it's yeast. Basically it's uh, as long as you got a little bit, it doesn't take much yeast to turn a saltine cracker into a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you may, you know, we're all made out of flesh, but you're going to let something swell inside of you if you're not careful. And then the last one I highlighted is verse 13. Uh, only uh, use not the liberty for an occasion to, of the flesh. Um, we, we are free. Don't let that freedom cause us to, to want to do things that are going to put us back in bondage. Um, you know, I, I think if a person were to uh, be in jail for 20 years and the day they would come and unlock your cell and let you go free, uh, you're free. And you might say, I'm free. I'm going to, I'm going to go rob a bank. Well, you know what? You're free, <laughs> but you know what? If you go rob that bank, guess where you're going to be next week. You're going to be right back in that cell again. So um, I, I think a lot of Christians are living that way. They, they want to be free from the pain, the guilt, the, the, all these things. The key is spirit filled Christian living. 
It is spirit. And when a person learns to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of flesh, it's a life of freedom. It's a life of freedom. Um, we talk a lot about financial freedom, um, staying out of debt. Well, you know what? There's a lot of other debts we can accrue in our lives that that will bury us just as much. I talked a lot there, and I apologize, but uh, <laughs> I kind of had a heart full of stuff because I've really been enjoying um, the first part of chapter five. So but there I'm you go. You, no, I'm glad you shared all that. I, I think of it this way. Uh, law living is rigidity. Grace, Holy Spirit-led living is relationship. And yes, I, amen. I don't want to do what's right just because I'm trying to follow a set of rules. Um, I, I remember being in the Christian school growing up and then in Bible college, and we, we'd be handed a handbook or a rule book filled with rules of do's and don'ts. And I remember in college, I just didn't really need the rule book because all of the things that were in that rule book, I, I wanted to follow, or most of them I wanted to follow on my own. I didn't need a rule book to tell me, you know, uh, not to curse or w- whatever it was. Um, but some people would saw that rule book as just a total killjoy. And I think a lot of people look at the Bible that way. The Bible is just a killjoy to them. Whereas if you just decide I'm going to live a life of grace led by the Holy Spirit of God, uh, then you don't view the Bible as a rule book. You view it as a grace book. Amen. Well put. I experienced the same thing, by the way, when I went to college, I was scared to death. I was going to break a rule. And I had a buddy tell me, he said, listen, if you just behave yourself, <laughs> you know, you need to know what time curfew is. You need to know what time chapel is. And you know, need to know where all your classes are. He said, beyond that, if you just behave yourself, you'll be fine. And, you know, that really gave me a, a sense of calm and peace. I use the word legalism. Can I just say a quick word about that? Legal, I think sometimes people who have any, any boundaries in their lives get accused of being legalist. Uh, listen, if you're a Christian, you've got boundaries in your life. I'm sorry to break it to you. Okay. It's just the way it is. And, but what pastor Lejeune just said that if love for Jesus is the governing factor of your life, then those boundaries are, listen, I, I adore my wife. Okay. Because I adore my wife, there are some things I'm just not going to do that. I'm probably, there are some places I'm just not going to throw my dirty socks. Just do I feel like I'm under bondage because I can't put my dirty socks wherever? No, but I adore my wife. And if, if she doesn't want my dirty socks laying on her pillow, (laughs) then they're not going to go there. Okay. It's it's not based out of a rule she's given me. It's based out of my adoration for her. Yeah, and the dirty socks example is great, but I think even a lot of times non-Christians look at Christians and say, "What? You don't cheat on your wife? You don't you know look at other women? You no? I I love my wife, and because I love my wife, I'm not forced into a, a box of rules. Uh, this is a, a love driven. This is relationship driven. Yeah. It's not rigidity." So when, it, when verse 18 uh, tells us this, I say the walk in the spirit, or, I'm, I'm sorry, that's 16. When verse 18 says, um, uh, where to go there, I'm, oh, but if you <laughs> be, be led, led of the spirit, spirit, you're not under the law. It's not saying that you, you get to just live however you want. It's saying that if you're, if you are relationship based, then you don't have to worry about every technicality of, of the law. You're by default going to live within that law. So 
Um, yeah, by default is is that's well put. Yeah. Yes. Verse 19 goes on and says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So if you choose to live by the flesh and ignore the spirit of God, here is, uh, here, here are the, here's the fruit of living that way. And it gives us a list here, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. That's 19, 20 continues on. Um, we see here that these are almost within a grouping adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness all seem to talk about some sort of sexual sin. Uh, If you're flesh-driven, you're going to end up in a licentious lifestyle. Uh, It may just be in your heart for a while. Eventually, these things play themselves out. Yeah, yeah. I I scribbled down uh, on a post-it note here, okay? I wrote down each one of these things that are listed here. I, I wrote down 16 different things. Okay. And you're right. The first four are sexual in nature. Um, this is not the first generation that has struggled with sexual sins. Sometimes we think that, you know, that there was no such thing as sex before our generation. <laughs> okay. They struggle with it back then, just like we struggle with it today. And, uh, and it is interesting that you're right. The first four, that, that is what they deal with. Um, licentiousness is, is um, spoken sexual immorality. Um, uncleanness is being dirty-minded, okay? Um, of course, adultery is the actual act. My goodness, um, uh, last night um, we had the news on in our house, and, um, and there were two stories back-to-back of... Um, of sexual abuse uh, on on the local Buffalo news. And, and my wife just blurted out. She said, what is wrong with all these people? (laughs) And I mean, and both of the stories were awful. Okay. And, uh, and on, and it was on the heels of us talking about a, a preacher who had done something sexually that was just way, way, way out of bounds. But, um, you know, I got to tell you, monogamy is a whole lot easier. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it really is. It really, really is. If, if people would just put the effort into loving God and loving their spouse or for the unmarried, uh, loving their future spouse by behaving themselves. Amen. If people would just put the effort into doing that, that they put into being dirty minded and, uh, yeah. and sinful, uh, boy, we, we, it just comes back to, are you walking by the spirit or are you walking by the flesh? If you're walking by the spirit, what you'll find is these fruits fall off the tree and no longer exist on your tree. Um, it, it's, uh, it, we live in a world that's sexually charged, uh, no. sex sells everything, uh, seemingly anymore. And, uh, it, we're, we're constantly berated by it. The, the, if you're struggling with a sexual sin, I would say that that's a symptom to the problem. It's not the problem. The problem is that you're not walking by the spirit. You're, yeah. you're, you're walking by the flesh. And I wish everybody who is, and I can just about guarantee that somebody watching the podcast is really struggling with looking at dirty pictures on your phone, whatever it might be. And what I would say to you is, can you just take a step back from all that and just look? You say, well, it's not doing me any harm. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. It's affecting your walk with the Lord. 
You're not going to have the power of God on your life. And you say, well, I'm not married, so it's okay. No, uh, (laughs) that does not make it okay. And to say, well, God understands. You know what? Falling back on God understands is not healthy. It's not healthy. Um, we, we have got to bring ourselves to a level of moral purity back here in our country. Uh, it, we, our country's gotten out of control, and unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that are supporting the lack of control in our country on this. Yeah, another, spirit. another thing I'll throw out about the pornography inter- industry, you mentioned that um, Christians say they're against abortion and they're against sexual abuse, but then some of those Christians turn around and consume pornography and what we fail to understand is that when, when you do that, you are supporting abortion and sexual abuse in a lot of cases. Um, so you, you have to be really careful to understand what everything that the pornography industry represents and, and, and what it funds and, and what uh, is, is going on as a result. And um, again, the theme of the podcast is not to, uh, for us to get on here and berate people who struggle with sexual yeah. sins. It's meant to help you understand most Christians want to get past it. They just don't know how and, yeah. and learn, go back to our last podcast and, and learn about how to walk with the spirit. And in time, you'll just see these, uh, these struggles that, that just fall off. Well, we've got about 30 seconds, Pastor King. You have any closing comments? I would just close by saying, folks, listen, it's not about, you know, there's a rule not to look at that on your phone. It's about freedom. It's about freedom. That's what you need to be free. And life is so much better when you're free. So um, learn to walk in the Spirit. Learn what the lust of the flesh is all about. And, uh, and learn to live a free life. I'm telling you, it's happier on that side.